I mean, you don't really think about it too much. I think you just come out every single night and play your game and have fun. And that's, you know, this is what kind of comes with it. And, you know, like I said, I'm just grateful to be able to do it with these girls. I love them to death. And these coaches, they put me in positions to be successful. And, you know, I've had a lot of really good teammates in my time here. And, um, yeah, I, I can't do it without all of them. I can't do it without, you know, Coach Bluter letting me have the keys to the offense. And, um, you know, we play up-tempo, we play fast, we play fun basketball, and that's what it's all about. But um, it's cool It's cool to be in the same the same vicinity as some of those names. A lot of people I grew up idolizing um, and looking up to. So um, definitely special for me. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. That's the voice of Caitlin Clark. She is uh, a phenomenal. She's like the best college player in basketball, best known, best followed. And I, I, I get think, it. I think Zach Eady in the men's game would I, would may have an argument. People who support Purdue might say that's not the case. But Caitlin Clark has 1.1 million social media followers. And and she uh, he wouldn't have sold out that arena like he did. Nobody was that a was that a uh, sellout when he played and lost at Northwestern. I don't know. Maybe you're right, but uh, but I think Caitlin Clark is she a beat him one on one. She would the beat most him famous one on one game <laughs> and horse too. Yeah. She's the most famous college basketball player. Yes, men of, or of the moment, yeah. yeah, male or female. And we are uh, delighted to welcome in Annie Costable of the Chicago Sun Times. She covered the game last night, and uh, we all watched it on. Where was it? Was it Paramount or Peacock? Or Peacock. It was on one of those places, and and uh, right? and we did yes. sit in. We did spend our time doing it. My first uh, women's – I watched some of it, another one, but it was fun. Um, and she joins us now on the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Annie, good morning. How are you? Guys, what an honor. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped. God bless you. I I got to tell you, you had to you had to sit through that game and get up and then talk to us in the morning. <laughs> Listen, it was a it was fun, and it, and she's a great player, and she finished with thirty five points. But it wasn't like she was knocking down the threes like Steph Curry. She started going to the hole because they were giving it to her. I thought I, I thought she did an awesome job, but you know, two is less than three, and she didn't like shoot the lights out. But man. What, yeah, what I think I think that's something that kind of gets lost on on the average fan, which I'm going to call you since you just admitted that you don't watch women's basketball all that much. <laughs> so I feel like that's a fair assessment. But her game beyond the three is so brilliant. Her passing, her ability to get to the lane, her ability to absorb contact. So I think that's part of what um, makes people admire her so much is that she's very multifaceted. She's really skilled, and um, it's clear clear in what she's doing she's breaking all kinds of records really good story in the sun times annie and i know you're very involved in covering the sky so you're familiar with the growth of women's sports and women's basketball in the city and just around the country and, and i guess in, in that context how would you describe what caitlin clark selling out welsh ryan arena essentially last night meant to the growth of women's basketball in this area So I think the best way to describe it or the best way that I've heard it described in conversations I've had with coaches and and other players is that this moment women's basketball is having is, is, is being sustained. You know, like when we talk about Candace Parker, who's a great example, what she did at Tennessee or um, Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, 
Um, even going back to Sarah Miller, these these women were having extraordinary moments. They were capturing everybody's attention in this same way, essentially. But it was it was during tournament time or it was in, in brief stints. And and Candace, I think, is a better example of, of it being sustained. You know, she was selling out arenas wherever she played um, and she drew crowds like that. But with with uh, Caitlin and and just the moment you talk about USC and Juju Watkins out there or LSU, um, South Carolina, the game is drawing crowds everywhere and we're following this moment with Caitlin, and Caitlin's, of course, surpassing anything. But it's it's a look into um, the sustained success that that women's basketball is really having right now, and and we'll see if what Caitlin's doing will translate to the professional game. But all signs point to the fact that it will. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, she's a dynamic personality. I mean, even in the post game, I love <laughs> I love when someone talks about their teammates. I love when someone. Yeah you know, talks about the idea that the point she scores isn't as important as the time she has left with her teammate. It's like a beautiful thing to say. And and it seemed very sincere. Yeah, I will say, like, covering Candace Parker, there are certain players when you interview them, and I'm sure you guys know this, who just always say the right thing. It's like right. they belong in the media as well. You know, they they're like – so uh, they're just everything that comes out of their mouth is um, is just the perfect idealistic phrase. And that's exactly who Caitlin is. And I don't mean that like what she's saying is not um, authentic or real. It very much is. That's just who they are. You know, um, they think about their teammates first. Um, they think about what it takes to win and what it takes as a team effort, obviously. And so um, in these moments where great athletes are, are having personal success, they never forget um, everything else that is allowing them to have that success. And, and Caitlin's no different. So you found uh, some young women who spent 13 <laughs> hours in a car, drove from Northern yes. Michigan, and they yep. got this for Christmas as a Christmas present. How many people were like that in the building? How many people were there for a basketball game? And how many people were there to be part of something they felt was historic? Oh, my God. I talked to at least 10 people. Um, parents, you know, with their children standing by their side, um, groups of, of students who who were there with their basketball teams, their teachers, their coaches, and truly, it was it was one after the other saying, "We got these tickets this this far in advance. We wanted to come see Caitlin play. We wanted to come see the Hawkeyes. We wanted to come see Northwestern. We wanted to come see women play basketball. We love women's basketball." It was just um, compliment after compliment. And the three girls that I, I wrote about in my story, the way that they looked at Caitlin, mm. I, I, it was hard for me to even sum it up in words. And I'm a writer. It was like God was standing on the court and they, they, they were seeing, they were looking at everything they wanted to be um, one day in the future. And, and I do have to give a little shout out to this girl, Roz, who, 10 years old was talking like she's going to be the future of the game herself. You know, like this young girl, yeah, I would not be surprised great. if one day I'm writing about her. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I, I think that when you, um, when you see that impact and not to be cynical, but the financial impact is pretty extraordinary, right? Yeah. I mean, not only is she having a moment, as you described it, they talk about Caitlin nomics and the idea that she's brought 3.8, million dollars into the university 
into their basketball program. And apparently she's worth over $3 million in her personal net worth. That's a nice way to start. You graduate college and you've already earned $3.something million. She's not – I mean – you know, she's not staying in college. She's going to the WNBA. How big do you imagine that financial impact will be, especially if she winds up in Indy in a state that is insane for basketball? Oh, my God, it's going to be huge. And I think an important subject to talk about when talking about, you know, the financial impact is the whole NIL aspect. And, and there's a huge misunderstanding with it, especially when it comes to the women's game. And that's that that money won't translate to the professional level. They somehow have to take a pay cut once they hit the pros. And the reality is that their salary for a lot of them, for players like Caitlin and Angel Reese, their salary is going to be less than what they're pulling in with NIL deals. But those NIL deals aren't going to evaporate when they hit the pro level. They're going to translate. So if anything, they're going to be making more money and there's going to be more eyes on them at the professional level. If the WNBA, which let's assume that they will, they handle this right. You know, Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, these are, these are, um, this is a, a marketing opportunity. It's, it's a gold mine and they have to take advantage of it. And I mean, again, the growth of the WNBA, all signs point to the fact that they will. And we're going to see all of this, this um, financial gain translate to the WNBA. So, Andy, when you cover a happening like this, we know you're on deadline and some things, <laughs> everything you write is not always everything you experience. But when you walk away and then maybe you have a good night's sleep and you wake up, what will you remember most about the Caitlin Clark show in Evanston? Because it's going to be one of those things that my, my sense is that, you know, it, it's one of the more unique things that you're going to cover this year and, you know, maybe ever just because of how rare it is. Yeah, you know what? I am really glad because – Again, you guys know, you don't always find, you know, the the right person for your story or, or you don't always get to have the conversation that, that really captures the moment. And I, I'm not lying to you. That conversation with Roz and, and these three girls was it. You know, looking at the way this 10-year-old girl watched Caitlin as her and I are talking, she's she's not looking at me. She's following Caitlin, shadowing Caitlin with her eyes. And truly speaking, like someone who nothing else matters in the world, she's going to be just like her. It it was like it sent chills through my body. It was it was like truly um, inspiring. Even as, you know, an adult covering this game, it was inspiring to see this little girl um, fall in love with a game that much. And also a person who who is an example of everything that that she can be, because truly, um, you know, speaking as a young girl who loved basketball, it, there there weren't a ton of players like that who who made you see what you could be, who who exemplified the value that you have in this world, that you have in sports. And this young girl at ten years old saw her value in Caitlin. Yeah, that's great stuff because you know we always talk about people building up their self-confidence and that sort of thing. And, and if you can yeah. identify with someone that's huge, um, you know, I think, is it South Carolina? That is the really good team that I saw play LSU. Um, yeah, I, South I, Carolina. I wish we could see Angel Reese against Caitlin Clark again in the tournament and then turn it into like bird versus magic or something, <laughs> right? 
Hey, um, the powers that be might be might be working towards something like that. We'll see if the basketball <laughs> gods give us that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens again. I think the thing that's really interesting about LSU is is the talent on that team. I mean, Angel Reese is phenomenal, right? right. Um, but Anissa Morrow's out there. You know, they've got they've got a stacked team out there, and and with Caitlin. She also has um, a very talented team around her. You know, she's been playing with a lot of these girls since her freshman year. Um, a veteran team. Lisa Bluter is a phenomenal coach. But she carries a ton of the weight, you know. And people people talk about, oh, why, why is she putting up this many shots or, um, you know, criticizing um, her shot selection, whatever it is. She's doing what needs to be done for her team to win. And you heard her talk about it in, in the offense that Lisa runs. Lisa wants her to play that way. And so, um, you know, I think that's something that's exciting to think about at the pro level is, is who she's going to be, what she's going to look like um, when she's got, you know, a team of, of pros um, playing around her. Annie, how tough is it to cover women's sports in Chicago? Because last <laughs> night was a big deal, but it was, you know, a one-off and you cover the sky and they won a championship. And I think Chicago noticed respectfully, but it kind of went – without a lot of uh, talk, certainly not on this radio station. I just wonder, from your perspective, you do it, you do it well. How difficult is it to cover women's sports in Chicago? You know, it's just different. It's That's, I guess, the best way I can describe it. When I cover the Bulls, you know, you walk in, I mean, again, you know, there's there's at least 10 other people in the room. You are getting your interview. It's, it's seamless, right? Um, in the women's game, I'm oftentimes the only person in the in the press conference, and that personally um, feels like a blow sometimes, you know, because this game is important. It's it's great. It's it's valuable. And you know, when Candace Parker was here, mm. um, everyone's talking about the Caitlin Clark effect. Well, the Candace Parker effect is is the same. You know, we saw um, the attention that she brought to the game and 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 how it it raised the standards. Um, of of coverage in the Chicago area. And we know this is a tough market. It takes a lot to get the media's attention in the, in this market. Um, but good or bad, you know, the Sky are a professional sports team with with impressive athletes who have stories that that should be told and and require attention. And I think we all um should, should be paying attention over there. Again, good or bad, because look at this Bulls team, right? Under oh. 500. We're showing up every day. We're talking about the storylines. We're talking about the trades. Will they, won't they trade Zach Levine? What are they going to do here? It's like those same storylines exist in the W. We don't need Candace Parker in town to cover the sky. We can do it regardless. And I think the more we do it, the more eyes get on it, the more clicks get on our stories, which I would love. Um, so it's definitely not easy, but I love it. I, I got to tell you, um, I think that the thing that impressed me the most is she is, an, she is like an event. Wherever she goes, people are going to go yeah. and watch her. And, you know, you're going to put – you're going to run a bunch of players at her. You're going to try to – you know going in, well, we got to make sure that she's not the one that kills us. And every right. coach is going to concentrate on that. So she's going to get, because of the attention, because of the event thing, she's going to get everyone's best shot. I mean, players that don't normally 
uh, play well, maybe or players, they're gonna they're gonna get jacked up by the crowd. They're gonna so they can tell their kids they shut down Caitlin Clark. I knocked down a three over. (laughs) I I just think that that sort of thing. She might have an easier time, frankly, in the WNBA than than she does right now because everyone has these super high expectations and everyone wants to see, you know, whatever we're calling it, Steph Curry meets Larry Bird. I, I mean, it's just <laughs> it, it's just amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Kelsey Plum put it really well. She's she's who's Caitlin who Caitlin's chasing right now. She's um playing for the Aces, just won back-to-back titles with the Aces. Um when she got to the league, number 1 overall pick, when she got to the league, it was not easy. It was really hard, and she's shared many stories about Um, mentally, you know, the difficulty of going from being this phenom who everybody followed to then um, trying to transition into into the professional level. And the thing with Caitlin is, you're right, like she's getting everyone's best shot right now. Um, I talked to Veronica Burton, who who formerly played for Northwestern, plays for the Dallas Wings now. She talked about, you know, the schematics defensively, what they were throwing at her and how she would just still score on them. Um, The pros are going to want to do the same thing. You know, they they see this young player coming in. They see everybody talking about her. They hear all these storylines. They they see everything we're we're doing, right? Where this this is a phenomenon, right? They want to shut the phenomenon down. So Caitlin's not going to have the easiest time at the professional level. Does that mean she's she's not going to translate? Absolutely not. Um, but it's going to be fun to see how I think um, some of the greats in the W are going to go at her. You know, I'm, I'm hoping Diana plays another year so we could see the trash talk that Diana throws at Caitlin. Cause we all know that Diana Taurasi is like a dog and, and she, she serves some of the best trash talk in the game. Great Annie, stuff, Annie. Thanks so much. We appreciate your yeah. time. Thanks for having me guys. That is uh, Annie Costable. She is the, uh, uh, the beat writer for the, for the uh, Chicago Sun-Times covering, well, as it turns out, all of women. 